You're listening to the Physics Ed Podcast. For hundreds of ideas, free experiments and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. And now, here's your host, Ben Newsom. Yes, welcome again to another Physics Ed Podcast. Hey, glad to have you yet again. And this week, I can tell you what, it is an interesting one. We're talking about the Cinema International Science Film Festival. Really cool. This is all about the largest international science film festival in the Southern Hemisphere. Seriously, in 2019, over 600 venues hosted screenings right across the country. Really cool stuff. It's really about bringing science and stories together, and it's so much fun. Now, today, we get to speak with Ben Lewis, who's the editor of the Australia Science Channel and who is heavily involved in cinema. Very much so. And he really, really loves his stuff. Now, in behind this, he has been lucky enough to tell science stories with not only Australia's awesome scientists, but also Brian Cox, James Goodall, Alan Duffy, Bill Nye, Dr. Carl, you name it, lots and lots of people Ben's been involved with, and he very much loves cinema. And joining us today, too, is Jennifer Chalmers, who's the Education Specialist at the Royal Institution of Australia. Now, she's got a background in product design, engineering, and science teaching, and she spends a whole day, and hopefully not a weekend, <laughs> collating all sorts of articles and videos about the development in STEM and making really handy educational resources. So, hey, you want to hear more about cinema, trust me, it's well worth your time, and uh, let's get right into it. This is the Physics Ed Podcast. We're all about science, ed tech and more. To see 100 fun free experiments you can do with your class, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. And click 100 free experiments. Uh, so me personally, I'm the editor of Australia's Science Channel, uh, which is really, really cool. It's basically... Uh, the go-to place for Australian science stories. So all the uh, stories and science stories that are done by Australians or are about Australia, um, you know, from the, some of the best uh, voices and science communicators and writers and best universities around the country. But as well as that, as well as sort of telling those stories as well, we run this Cinema Film Festival, uh, which is, I mean, it's honestly, it's, it's Super exciting. I, I love working on it. Uh, it's one of the uh, sort of major science film festivals around the world. Uh, and it's all done right here in Australia. So we get, we, uh, get entries from all around the world. Uh, last year, I think we had entries from 37 different countries. So it really is like the best of the best science films. We uh, sort through all of those and then we uh, present this uh, film festival online through Australia's Science Channel for people to see and see the incredible stories from not only Australia, but as I said, from like 37 other countries. 37 other countries is somewhat of a, uh, a logistical feat. <laughs> it's really, really good. I mean, Jennifer, how do you fit into this? Hi, so I am the education specialist at the Royal Institution of Australia. And so what I get to do every day is take these resources that Ben has uh, curated for Australia Science Channel or through our other um, publication which is Cosmos Magazine and I can make education resources for them so I map them all to the Australian curriculum um, and then sort of make that into something that can be used in the classroom so with cinema we've got these amazing films every year and um, that are all about communicating science in a way that is relevant and it puts science into context which is just amazing when you're trying to learn about something or when you're 
trying to find out if you're interested in something well if you can see how it makes sense to you and how you can apply that in to your life then you're going to be more motivated to learn about it so that's the bits that I'll try and grab and make that into an education resource to be used both in the classroom and online as well so everything that we all do is all available online for free um, that you can just go in and download um, so most of my day is spent reading these amazing articles and trying to work out how that's best used to motivate students and get them interested in STEM. Oh, and by the way, I do love Cosmos magazine as well. I mean, it's certainly one of the ones that we definitely read. A lot of us do in Australia. And if you haven't heard about it overseas, definitely just type in Cosmos magazine and you'll certainly find it. But how cool is this? I mean, sign them with 37 countries. And I imagine there's a, that's quite a process, Ben, even just to whittle them down, I'd imagine. Oh, yeah. It, it really honestly is the work of months. Uh, we get uh, hundreds upon hundreds of entries. I think our, our biggest field was a couple of years ago and we got well over a thousand entries or something like that. Whoa. So there's, yeah. So there's a group of us who spend a large chunk of our days uh, and a lot of our uh, you know, private time as well, uh, sitting down and watching through all these films. And we whistle those down to uh, a select number and uh, we then hand those over to a, an expert judging panel. So these are filmmakers, they're TV executives, uh, they're scientists, they're science communicators, uh, they're you know, all people from a whole different range of sort of areas and, and fields. Uh, and they sit, then sit down and watch those and actually judge all of those to find our winners. So there is you know, the best film, uh, there's awards of scientific merit. Uh, there is, this year, there is actually a, a uh, junior prize as well. And we're starting to, uh, you know, actually in, you know, encourage student filmmakers to start entering for, for cinema. Uh, there's, yeah, uh, your, the usual sort of gamut of, of prizes that you would see in a film festival. But yeah, we, it is, it is a, a pretty large undertaking to just work yeah. through all these amazing films from around the world just to yep. get them down to that, that uh, um, short list that then goes off to our expert panel. Oh, that's, that's yeah. for long because I mean, uh, uh, I think it was late, oh, I can't remember if it was early last year or whatever, but uh, we have, have a chat with one of the Flame Challenge winners from the Alan Alder Centre where you know, the idea is that lecturers uh, or scientists could produce a three-minute uh, video around a particular topic in science that 11-year-old could understand. And, and that was an undertaking in itself, but at least they had an army of 11-year-olds who would help judge this panel. I and mean, you've got a thousand, um, you, know, you know, probably high quality, no matter what. I mean, I mean, high quality, even if they miss the cut, I mean, there's a high quality things that you'd submit in the first place. That's a lot to whittle down. And, uh, and the fact that, Jennifer, you're working with the education side to then build out, you know, resources that teachers can use. I mean, there's such a fantastic offering. Um, I've got to ask, where did this all come from? Like how, how, like when did this first start? Like who said, you know what, let's, let's do the thing. Oh, it was, uh, by the way, I'm looking at video here. So Ben just pointed out himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a little signal to Jennifer. Of, Do I want to take this one? Uh, so this, so Son of a Film Festival actually started um, quite a number of years ago now. And it was originally a project uh, of two guys who worked at CSRO. Yep. Uh, and they did this amazing job. They built it up to be just, absolutely fantastic product and it just got to the point where it was kind of um, becoming this all-consuming beast for them uh, it had sort of grown I think possibly larger than they had ever sort of uh, envisaged it to be uh, so they sort of put their hands up and said look 
you know, we, we need a little bit of help here. Um, and they came and talked to us, the Royal Institution of Australia. So just to, to wind back a little bit, Royal Institution of Australia, not-for-profit organisation dedicated to uh, engaging the public uh, and, and teachers and students and really everyone um, with the world of science. So part of that is Australia's Science Channel, part of that is Cosmos Magazine, which you mentioned, and the education arm, which is what Jennifer works on as well. Uh, so they can, uh, so the, the couple of guys from the CSIRO came to Royal Institution of Australia and said, look, we've got this uh, film festival, which we're actually already aware of. We, um, you know, we've sort of, uh, you know, admired them uh, for, for quite, quite a few years. And, you know, would you guys be interested in sort of taking this over and, and helping take this to the next level? Uh, so that's where we sort of came in. So we've been running it for uh, a few years now. Um, and again, just really take, you know, helping take that uh, film festival, make it bigger, make it brighter and bring in new elements such as the education resources and taking into the classrooms, uh, which is the, the sort of role that Jennifer is playing through this film festival. Yeah, and I think one of the things that we're now really proud of with cinema is it is, in fact, um, the largest science film festival in the Southern Hemisphere. Hold so on. last year we had something like 100,000 community screenings or viewings of our film festival. So um, with our playlists, we had um, about 100,000 people watching these films in the cinema, in their own living room, in the classrooms just engaging in STEM and science and just seeing how incredible it really is and getting excited and getting passionate about it. And that's like, we all get really excited about it. And it's the fact that we can share that with everyone else um, through film. It's just, it's amazing. So when we get all these films in, okay, sitting watching a few hundred of them when you're meant to be working <laughs> or you, <laughs> when you are working is, um, is a challenge and it's daunting, but it's, it's amazing to see all these different ideas and all the different aspects of STEM that you don't even think about, the, the different careers that are hidden that come out in these films that you can then discuss, particularly for me in your classroom. It's just amazing. Like, it's hard to see how anyone can not watch the playlist and be inspired because they're just amazing talent that comes in. Was it one of those things that when we sort of look at um, like the sheer, you mean, just knowing the vast array of uh, films that are coming in and also knowing that the, the teacher's time and the student's time is often limited. Let's be honest, it's limited for everyone. <laughs> it's always the case. Trying to go down, which rabbit hole do we go down first? But having that built out from a resource thing has got to help the teachers out by a long, long way. Um, and we must sort of think, I've got to ask Ben, how... I mean, those metrics, you've got, you've got TV executives, you've got people who are, you know, science communicators and everyone else helping to work out which are the ones that, you know, fit the bill for Australia Science Channel. What, uh, what sort of things have been in the Apple? Like, for example, last year, I mean, I know there'd be heaps of awesome ones, but what are the sort of things that people can actually, you know, could they have watched last year if they knew about it? What, what were some of the highlights, standouts? Again, you know what, that was totally worth their time if they went down there. I mean, what are some of those things that sort of came out? Yeah, I mean, this is the thing that I love the most about cinema i think is uh because it, you do get as jen said this wide range of, of subjects from all, all over the world so many different voices you actually realize how much uh, how many cool science stories there are actually out there and you start to sort of pick apart 
all these sort of elements that maybe you didn't really know. And I, mean, I work in science media and there's still little bits where I'm like, oh, that's, that's really cool. I did not know that even existed. Um, so there's that element to it. There's also uh, just the ways that different people tell stories as well and seeing stories, uh, science stories being told in ways that you've never seen a science story being told before. Uh, so that's, you know, one of the really, really cool things from my aspect. So look, last year, the best film was uh, a film about a man who had a face transplant. It's called Face of a Stranger. Uh, now that sounds a little bit gruesome and it also sounds a little bit dry, but through this sort of story, you see this incredible journey of this guy who's gone through, you know, absolute tragedy um, to, of, uh, to have, you know, this end up with this facial deformity that he ends up with. And then just this incredible passion and drive from a surgeon and this sort of friendship uh, in a way that develops between the surgeon and the patient as they're going through this entire process. And this is, you know, a film that followed them over um, months and months and months of, of the sort of uh, transplant process. So this is the cool thing while you sit there and go, okay, what's well, a story about a face transplant? It's gonna be quite a dry medical thing. It's not, it's very much a human story. And that's when, you know, when we are whittling through all the, the entries, trying to work out our shortlist, that's the thing that always jumps out and grabs to me, that these are very much human stories. And it tends to be the stories that bring in that human element that you connect with. Humans connect, uh, connect with humans. So it's, you know, when, when you do start getting those human stories uh, and, and these stories about, you know, the, the human experience and how science sort of feeds into and shapes the human experience and affects the human experience. That's what I get very excited about. So yeah, Face of a Stranger last year was, you know, just a, a perfect example of, of this film that sounds like one thing and then you watch it and you just take away all these other different layers to it. Absolutely. I mean, I'm just sort of thinking about, I mean, I mean, everyone often th thinks about, uh, you know, science cinema being, being like a documentary, but it doesn't have to be that hard and fast straight up science at all. It can be, you know, personal connection makes a huge difference. I, mean, I remember actually um, sitting in uh, with what Bookend Trust put out as a film called 16 Legs, which is really just about the mating habits of cave spiders in Tasmania. I mean, it was like, I, wow. I mean, firstly, I didn't think I'd ever be sitting in a cinema to watch a mating habits of uh, spiders <laughs> in, a, in a movie, but the actual discoveries of what these cave, the caverns and the networks were like, knowing what the, um, the speleologists were doing as they're going into the caves and also being narrated by Neil Gaiman was like an extra, wow, wow, there's so many things going on. It's, it's really cool. And then having that human element just makes a difference. Um, can I ask, are these mainly feature length films or quick five minute things? They're 30 minute things. They're all over the place. It, it really is the, the complete range. We get films that are, uh, a couple of minutes long, if that. I think the longest, uh, sorry, the shortest film I've ever seen was like a minute and 40 or something like that. Oh, and wow. yes, it, it still had this absolute killer point to it. Um, and then the, yeah, right up to feature length, we have had uh, films that have been, uh, you know, professionally, uh, you know, widely released into cinemas um, and uh, films that have been published on Netflix, for example. We have had those films entered. Uh, there have been films from um, Brian Cox documentaries have been entered into cinema. So we really do get the full range of you know, very short, very experimental films right up to feature lengths. And, you know, along the way, you also get 
TV episodes and things you would have seen on Netflix or on BBC or on the ABC as well. So you really do get the, the entire mixture. Um, I mean, one of the, one of the, I think one of the office favorites from the last few years was about four minutes long. Face of a Stranger was an hour, but this office favorite was about four minutes long. And it was, called, it was about a snail called Jeremy. And uh, Jeremy was very unique because his shell uh, twirled, it curls, and it curled in the opposite way to every other snail that's ever been found. So I think they're all righties. Yeah. All the, the sh uh, shell curls off to the right. Jeremy, the shell curled to the left. And it sounds very, very basic. And yes, it became this incredible, like, global discovery of how many snails out there do actually, um, you know, twirl off to the left. And when it is so unique, that, uh, you know, is that just going to be lost through breeding? Uh, because if Jeremy bred with a, another snail whose uh, shell twirled off to the right, the offspring would be right. So it's like this race against time in a way to find a female snail that Jeremy could breed with oh, whose cool. shell also twirled to the left. So you get these just absolutely crazy, unexpected stories that are unbelievably sweet, but hilarious, right up to these, you know, very in-depth particle physics and medical documentaries the whole, yeah, it, it really is, I mean, it, it sounds like a cliche, but there genuinely is something for everyone. No, it's really cool. I mean, I imagine, Jennifer, like you, you're looking at the education resources that you've got to create around that. I mean, that just goes straight into the heart of uh, high school biology instantly. Yeah, exactly. And that's what's amazing about these films is it's, it's people work really hard to make these films to communicate what they're passionate about in a way that everyone can understand and everyone can engage with and that's exactly what teachers are doing every single day so for the to make to show students that not coming from their teachers can have a huge impact on them for someone else to be telling them the same thing or showing them examples of how what they're learning in the classroom can be applied is amazing for the kids to see I mean we all instantly fell in love with Jeremy and who'd think that we were sitting here a year later talking about this little snail, but, <laughs> yeah, but it was just fantastic. Yeah. But actually, um, this is one of these things that now sometimes not, not just inane objects or animals, whatever, just anything random that people actually go, you know what? I, I, I love you. I like you. And I, I identify you. I mean, I'm just thinking right now, just off the top of my head, Australian museum has an entire Twitter channel on Blobby the Blobfish. And Blobby the Blobfish is this undersea creature that hasn't got that much structure, especially when it's just left on the desk. It looks like a, you know, a, a, well, let's be honest, a blobfish. <laughs> it's a sad looking, ugly looking thing. But they've used that animal. It's a real animal, by the way. I mean, go look it up on you know, your favorite search engine. Uh, and they've used it as a way of actually connecting with people who wouldn't normally connect with the museum before. And I believe that Jeremy would have done the same thing for people who work with mollusks. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, everyone was getting involved in this one. It sort of led to lots of citizen science because people were going out into their gardens and they were looking at snails, looking at them real closely and seeing if they could find any other of these lefty snails so that they could help Jeremy. All right. I have to ask you, have you found a left-handed snail? I haven't. Not, not personally, no. I okay, everyone, everyone listening in, you got some homework. <laughs> yeah, we want to know where they are and we want to, because so even the scientist who um, was narrating this, he was having a real dilemma about does he freeze Jeremy or, oh. but, or does, like for science, or does he keep Jeremy because everyone's fallen in love with him? What do, do we, we do with him? Do we clone so. Jeremy? I don't know. Um, like, it's actually just sort of just wondering, I mean, often these things are given up to students as you, you know, thou shalt con uh, consume this content and then write a report about it. But then again, like, I mean, they could create this content. 
they could make this stuff. I mean, often the idea yeah. of, you know, citizen science is this thing that's often done by adults, but the reality is that kids can be involved. I mean, how often do you get kids, you know, you know actually submit something? I mean, it doesn't mean they always get up, but do you often get things from um, student groups? Yeah, so we have had some amazing feedback. When we've hosted our screenings in cinemas around Australia in the past, we've had kids come up to us and we've spoken to them and they have been so enthusiastic about they love science. And especially with younger students, we hear them saying how much and how excited they are about science. And so this year in 2020, we actually launched what we um, we got launched Cinema Junior. So this is open to um, junior filmmakers. And we want them to communicate science through film. So we want them making their films and sending them into us. It can be anything that they're interested in. But at, from a teacher's perspective, what I would find would be really useful is when you're asking for the students, you're trying to find out how they've understood a concept. Why not get them to do it through film? You don't always have to get them to write it down, but you can, what a great opportunity is to let them go and investigate something that they're excited in and then communicate that through film. It's going to, got to be the best way to gauge their understanding of the concept. So we're really hoping to get lots of people involved um, and possibly lead to some filmmaking classes as well to get lots of the arts um, into, into STEM as well, get a whole different perspective. People, we're hoping this appeals to the students who think that they're not so interested in science outright. But if we take that into filmmaking and science communication, then that could open up a whole new window to them that they might not have known existed before. Absolutely. And by the way, if you're listening in as a student, you can totally use transcription services too to get that stuff on, you know, written down as well. And you can, you know, confer it and, you know, tie around what you've got to, you know, do your assignments around. But this is really just a cool opportunity for people to do. Now, you just used, uh, you, you just, you know, it's, it's April 27th, uh, 2020. So it's just been launched for 2020, but obviously these are going, going on. I mean, how do people get involved with this? I mean, what, actually, actually, before we can get into that, Ben, um, if I could ask, uh, what was some advice if something one thing to say okay i've got a submission deadline i'll go do the thing without sort of listening to some advice it's usually good to get some advice first so what are the sort of things that you know if you know obviously this is a very broad question but what are the sort of things that would you suggest to at least consider when they're storyboarding out what they're going to do before they start putting these things onto celluloid um yeah so i mean what really attracts me to uh, to a story is the story to begin with. So it's about finding that, you know, th this story that you want to tell, right? There, there needs to be a real, a real sort of element to you wanting to tell this story. Your interest in the story will come across on film to an, uh, to an audience. Even if you're not appearing, even appearing on the screen, the, the interest and the, the excitement that the filmmaker has will come across. So finding the story that grabs you as much as you think will grab an audience will will largely help. Um, the next thing as well is making sure that, th there's a saying that I use a lot whenever I uh, talk to people about science communication things. It's like, don't give me the whole story, just give me the best story. You don't need to tell every single element to this story, just, just whittle down to the exact thing, the exact element of this story that you want to tell. Uh, and it really is, again, like I said, it's about telling the story. Think about how you would explain it to your friends or something like that, and then sort of start to use that as some inspiration of how you might actually tell your story on the screen. Um, it, just giving information isn't a story. 
finding out some way that you can make this story sort of exciting and interesting and take your audience along on a little bit of a journey through it as well. So yeah, it, it's very much about working out what excites you and then sharing that excitement with your audience. Uh, and that's, you know, the, the sort of easiest way, I think, of, of making this, this great film that people will want to watch. Uh, makes a lot of sense, and Jennifer. If you had a, uh, you know, maybe maybe some uh, some teachers who've just been put into the, you know, just about to start their service in teaching, and they discover that there's this thing called cinema, and it's a great thing to get involved with. How, how what sort of ways have you seen uh, cinema get embedded into classrooms of all different ages and sizes and all the rest? Like, what what are some ways that you've seen them go? You know what made it actually sing, made it really work for their class, rather than just an ad hoc here go do this homework for overnight type thing like what have you seen that sort of makes it work so i think one of the things that i work hard to do is to do a lot of the work for the teachers because as you've said they are so busy so i'll sort of create these interactive resources as well that that go along with the films so they will tell you how the film fits with the curriculum so you can check that it's relevant and then you can try some of the activities that I've created to go alongside it. So ways that you can ensure the students are understanding the concepts in the film, ways to get them involved in the discussion around, for example, the ethics of the science being discussed in the film, which is one of the big things that came from Face of a Stranger, was, well, this is a really controversial science topic. Let's actually break that down and explode it in the classroom because not everything is straightforward in science as being right and wrong. So it's when the teachers work through these, they take their time, they digest, and they it's just about getting everyone involved really and letting these discussions flow within the classrooms. I mean, lots there's so many discussions that come out from these films because they are new and exciting concepts. Every year, it's a brand new film. Um, it's something that we may not have ever heard of before or ever explored. And so it's giving the students the opportunity to ask their questions and get involved, I think, is the main thing that they can do. So going on to, um, so the, the website for Cinema is cinema, S-C-I-N-E-M-A, dot australiascience.tv. Apologies if my Scottish vowels don't come across very well there. <laughs> um, but if you go on to there, then you can see the films that we've had um, last year. Uh, and on the education website, which is education.australiascience.tv, you can get all those resources uh, to download and try in the classroom. And what we're even doing this year is to help teachers, especially these non specialist teachers in science or in STEM, uh, who are unsure about how to use the films in their classroom because a lot of the time it's it's almost a no-no to to watch sit and watch a film with your class so we would encourage we want to show teachers how they can do that effectively so we're actually hosting a, a pd session for teachers in fact educators in general so we've got um uh, museum educators and things all interested in this as well at the end of June and it's going to be virtual it's going to be online where I will show you what kind of resources we have and how you can use them for your students in your classrooms and then we also have some student workshops so again it'll be virtual but it'll be me through the screen teaching your class your classes with these resources that we've created so that then after that you can host your own 
screenings. You can do this um, with as much or as little of our resources as you want. You can use these science films in your classrooms. That's well done. And really seriously, like the largest uh, science film festival in Southern Hemisphere is just awesome. And I've got to just ask, uh, Many people from the Northern Hemisphere trying to pop, no, they're not trying to pop in, sounds like it's some sort of surreptitious sort of a thing, but how often do you get like, uh, I mean, you got this, it's a massive film festival in the Southern Hemisphere and yet we have a globe. We have a lot of countries. So uh, what's the sort of, I mean, there's Australian people, but there's going to be people from all over the place. I mean, where, where's some of the, um, where, where do some of these uh, films often come from? Like, I mean, are they from the usual suspects or do they come, you know, around the corner sometimes? This year when I was watching the films, I saw a lot come in, a lot of films came in from um, obviously North America, uh, Canada, um, India and mainland Europe as well. So we get quite a lot from France, um, obviously some from like from CERN, for example, and, and Switzerland. Um, so they, they really do come from all over. And that's what is really exciting to see it's because we get such diversity. And, and, and yeah, it's, it's not only English speaking countries as well. We do get uh, films in other languages, which you know, are subtitled into English. So yeah, really, you, there really is no limit to, to the sort of countries we do actually receive these from. Um, we, we do get them all over, which is, which is really, really cool. And because of uh, the, the way that we present Sinem, it being an online uh, film festival as much as it being offline, uh, not only can we, uh, you know, not only do we get films from overseas as well, but people overseas can still be part of Sinem and watching it as well through Australia's Science Channel. So it, as much as it's an Australian science um, festival in that it's run out of Australia, it is, you know, very much embodying the international in its name, the Sinem International Film Festival, uh, because we, you know, do get a lot of entries from overseas and we do get people, you know, interacting with the festival itself from overseas as well. No, that's awesome. So those people from overseas and in Australia as well, at some point this competition for this particular year will end and these things will become live and available to everyone to see. So what's the rough time when um, they can sort of expect to be able to see it with you know, a screen near them? So we open it up through for screenings to watch these films and the playlists of um, collated films throughout National Science Week, which is strangely through the, enti the entirety of August. Yeah, so if you want smart. to have a screening, um, watch it in your living room, in your classrooms, if you want to just watch it on your own at your desk one day, you can get involved any time in August. So we will open up registrations for you to host a screening probably, um, certainly pro start of May probably. So in the next few weeks, um, you'll be able to register to have host your own screening. And that just means that you want to watch it. That could be on your own. It could be with a crowd of 20, crowd of 100, whatever. Um, it's just there for you to get involved. As I mentioned, the professional development will be at the end of June. And then the student workshops will be throughout uh, July uh, right. and into August as well. With our main, our main focus will be on or our main screenings will occur in August for National Science Week. Uh, brilliant. And, you know, well done for the Royal Institute of Australia looking after this, for the Australia Science Channel, for Cosmos Magazine to, you know, pull this thing all together. I mean, it's a lot of work. I mean, these things just don't happen overnight in any way. But you've, uh, you created a brilliant thing, and I really wish all the best for everything that you've been doing. Uh, now into you know, years from now, <laughs> it's just going to keep on growing and growing. Well done. Hey, thanks very much, Ben and Jennifer, for popping on the Visited Podcast. Hope you have a great afternoon. Great. Thanks, Ben. Thank you very much, Ben.
We hope you've been enjoying the Physics Ed podcast. We love making science make sense. Why don't you book us for a science show or workshop in your school? If you're outside of Australia, you can connect with us via a virtual excursion. See our website for more. There we go. We just heard from Ben Lewis from Australia's Science Channel and Jennifer Chalmers from the Royal Institution of Australia. How cool is Cinema? It's such an awesome idea and a wickedly cool International Science Film Festival. Seriously, if you can get involved, it's well worth your time. Now, of course, you want to check out more resources. So check out cinema.australiascience.tv and that'll help you find out all about Cinema a bit more and also find out where you can sign up to host a community meeting. Get involved. And also check out education.australiascience.tv which has all the education resources. Seriously, there's lots of stuff. In fact, we're going to put a whole bunch of links into the show notes as usual to help you out. You can find out about the Royal Institution of Australia, Australia's Science Channel, Cosmos Magazine, and all those sorts of things. And actually, we'll also put a link in there for Jeremy the Lefty Snail, just because I just think that's just awesome. So uh, look, I hope you had a blast. It really is worth checking out. This festival, and if you can't get to Australia, or if you want to set up your own one in your own country, why don't you reach out to the team and find out how you can get involved too. So that's enough from today. I hope you had a bit of an interesting uh, insight and and a bit of a thought about how you might be able to get your class, your museum, wherever you might be involved, not only just to consume the content, but perhaps to produce it because that's really where it's really cool. Hey, enough from me for now. You've been listening to me, Ben Newsom from Physics Education. And again, you listen to another Physics Ed podcast. I'll catch you next time. You've been listening to another Physics Ed podcast. We're excited about science. Subscribe to us on iTunes to download the next episode as soon as it's released. And don't forget, for hundreds of ideas, free experiments, our new Be Amazing book and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. This podcast is part of the Australian Educators Online Network. AEON.net.au